This is a preview screening of Missionary by Dawn. Written by Joseph Mayuyo and edited by Elite Publishing Company. One thing to always remember is to be a friend to yourself. How you choose to treat yourself is a reflection on how you treat others. I remember getting caught smoking pot in my room when I was 16. I was chilling with my friends June, Bug, and Jade. I don't know why we were so stupid to think that the house wouldn't reek of cush smoke. My mom came barging down the hall and screamed. I smell it. We each sat down on the edge of the bed as my mom lectured us. There was two things that my mom said that really stuck with me and I know it's something I'll tell my unborn children one day. The first thing was, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. I know that my mom didn't originate that quote, but that's not what's important. This might not be a news flash to you now, but for my 16-year-old self, it revealed a lot. I was hanging out with drug dealers, so what did that make me? I hung out with gangsters, started dressing like them, and eventually got jumped in and became one. Think about the people you spend the most time with. Do they represent the kind of person you want the world to remember you as? The second one didn't render into my mind and soul until about 10 years later after my mom said it. I always knew that it was true, but it didn't mean as much as it did right now. My mom said, I'm not going to be here forever. We all know that everything in this life is temporary, from the pain you're feeling right now to this very page that you're staring at. We have this terrible habit of forgetting. We forget where we parked. We forget why we walked into a room. We meet new people and immediately forget their names. We forget to say I love you to those we love. We forget that tomorrow is not a promise. We forget to call or text that person back. We forget to pray. And oddly enough, we fight so much sometimes that we forget what we're even fighting for. Brother Joel turned his head from the front seat and said, You talk a lot, bro. But you do that when you're sober anyway so it's not suspicious. I was laying in the back seat just enjoying the euphoria. Traffic sucked like always so we were basically just sitting in the car with the AC on. After a while I started feeling dizzy so I got up and fastened my seatbelt. I looked out the window and saw a group of kids that were all no more than 6 years old running up to the car. They had their palms out begging for money. It is crazy how these little kids run through traffic. It's no wonder why there are so many hit and runs in the Philippines. I reached in my bag and grabbed the banana I took earlier. I rolled my window down and handed the banana to one of the little kids. He snatched it out of my hands and threw it at the car. Haha. Uh -huh. They don't want food brother, they want money. Brother Edwin jokingly said. I rolled my window up in disgust. Brother Joel then said, that's why you should not give them anything. You give them food and they throw it at you. You give them money then more people will come asking you for money. It's their parents that put them up to this. Their parents are lazy to find a job and work. They're even too lazy to stand on the street and beg themselves so they send their kids. MG addict Sila, I bet you. I know as Christians we're supposed to help the poor and feed the hungry, but it can't always be us helping and them needing help. They eventually have to help themselves. When I stepped out of the car I felt so weightless. The Philippines being a tropical country didn't help. I started wondering why people would get high off stimulants like methamphetamine in such a hot place. I thirsted for water. I felt like I was going to faint any minute. When we got inside the office I rushed towards the water station to quench my thirst. I was surprisingly still high as shit. One of Brother Joel's accountants walked up to me and offered me a Filipino version of a Twinkie. It was so random and even though I didn't have an appetite, I accepted it anyway. I saw Brother Joel in his office with his secretary so I didn't want to bother. I went outside the office to get some fresh air. I saw this kid walking around selling cigarettes. He had this foldable wooden chest set, converted into mobile cigarette store, hanging from a rope around his neck. I always admired the creativity of the Filipinos. It had probably been about two years since I last smoked a cigarette. I instantly thought about when I first started smoking cigarettes. I was 13 years old and my girlfriend had recently broke up with me. I don't know why I thought at the time that smoking would make her come running back to me. Oh, to be young, right. 
So naive, we once were and probably still are. I pulled out a hundred pesos from my pocket and bought a pack. The kid handed me a box of Marlboro Reds. I looked at them and said, Menthols please, which were the black and green pack. My main choice of cigarettes were always Newports, and if you didn't know, those are strong menthols. There was a local liquor store by my house that used to sell singles for a quarter. I remember being so young and feeling powerful. I never had to wait until I was 18 to buy tobacco products. I don't know why I never had that problem. I would pay off bouncers to let me inside clubs when I was 16. The 7 minutes 11 by my house would sell me alcohol. It's no wonder why addiction was a much harder challenge for me. What seemed to be a roadblock for most young people was nothing to me. I look back at it now and I just laugh at how the devil can make our temptations so readily accessible. The packs in the Philippines were made out of paper. I remember hitting the pack against my palm a few times to properly pack the cigarettes. I called the kid back because I didn't have a lighter. He offered to light me up so I leaned in with my cigarette in my mouth. As he walked away I asked him if I could buy a lighter for later. He tried giving me one but I refused to let him give me one for free. Kids selling cigarettes all day probably didn't make more than 10 US dollars. Halfway through my cigarette, four of Brother Joel's men ran outside looking for me. Brother Joel probably learned that it was not a good idea to let me roam about so freely. When they found me in the alley, one of his men made a silent gesture to the other three to go back inside. So, he waited with me as I finished my cigarette. I told him that he didn't need to stay with me and that I was fine where I was. He didn't even say a word back, just stared at me. He just stood next to me with his hands locked together over his crotch. You always think that it's amazing to have a bodyguard because we see famous people having them. However, it's actually quite annoying. I finished my cigarette and started walking back towards the office. He followed right behind me, making sure I wouldn't go anywhere else. This is a preview screening of Missionary by Dawn. Written by Joseph Mayuyo and edited by Elite Publishing Company.